You're listening to the Volleyball by Design podcast. Today, we're going to talk about motivating your players. You ever have those practices where sometimes it's just feeling like the players are going through the motions, not much energy in the room, or maybe it's just one particular player you got to deal with? Well, I'm going to share with you my strategies that I think will hopefully help you and you can add it to your toolbox. So it's an episode you don't want to miss. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Coach Brian Singh, and after a number of years coaching competitive volleyball and as the head coach of the biggest college in Canada, I've become obsessed with helping coaches improve their knowledge and skills of the game by teaching them how to coach efficiently and effectively to ultimately reach their volleyball goals. I created the Volleyball by Design podcast to give you simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies so you can get clarity and apply what you learn right away. This is the Volleyball by Design podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to episode 116 of the Volleyball by Design podcast. How is everyone doing out there today? Another week of volleyball. My season is right around the corner. I'm super excited. As much as I as much as I'm sad that summer is coming to an end, uh, I am excited about the fall because, you know, it's another season, another opportunity to compete at the high, at the highest level and challenge myself and my coaching staff as well as my players again it's it's a great time to be a volleyball coach and I'm excited to be able to jump on this journey and uh looking forward to sharing with you all as I go through another year of, of coaching at, at the college this is my going to my sixth year I believe and yeah I'm, I'm really excited about that and um you know I know a lot of you out there are just getting ready to plan your seasons and working with your teams and and doing all these great things and motivation is a conversation that I'm not really sure I've addressed in, in as much detail as I want to on the pod. Um, but before we talk about motivation today, uh, if you're listening to this before August 30th, you know I got my free workshop coming. Uh, really excited about that. And if you are as well, another announcement actually, um, if you haven't got a chance to check, check the workshop, check that out. But also, doors are open to Digital Volleyball Academy. If you didn't, if you didn't catch it, they're open till Thursday uh, what are we talking about? What is it? Thursday, September 1st, I believe it is, uh, or September 2nd, rather. Thursday, September 2nd, doors are open. Sorry, it was first. I apologize. Thursday, September 1st, doors are open to Digital Volleyball Academy. And if you've been following me along, you know what that is. It's my signature mentorship program where I get a chance to work with coaches from around the world. I get a chance to provide them with live training and Q&A. I get them to bring them into my world so they can see what we do behind the scenes in our gym. I get a chance to work and give them one-on-one support. It is a coaching program for volleyball coaches that provides mentorship, support, resources, live training that's catered to you, and it's a place where you can really grow as a coach. One of the best advices I give coaches is find a mentor. Because when you find a mentor, it could fast track your growth as a coach. Find a community that you could be around. And I've cre- I created that two and a half years ago, and I'm proud that we have over 250 coaches in DVA all getting better and seeing results. So can't wait. I hope I get, I get a chance to work with some of you. So digitalvolleyballacademy.com. It's open till Thursday. Sign up. Can't wait to see you inside there. But let's talk about today's episode, strategies on motivating your players. Now, not to... Like, I'm not trying to sound arrogant when I say this, but I, I do believe that I have a little bit of skill in this area. Like, uh, I, I've i been told that I have the ability with my words, with the way that I speak, to motivate people, uh, motivate my players and other players. And, and I think that there's a, there's a method to that. So 
communication is a big part of that. And I, I did have an episode a while back on 12 strategies of communication. And it was really, it, it was more of an episode on how you speak, not necessarily what you speak, but how you speak to your players and things like that. And that was on episode 103. So you might want to go back and check out 103, but that was, it's called the 12 ingredients to the art of effective communication with your players. Now, motivation is part of that communication, but I think that there is there's a, there's a style that I'm going to explain to you my style of, of of motivation and strategies that I use, and obviously everyone's different. So this isn't the you know the one fit size all. I don't know that I can't remember that phrase, but there's a lot of different ways of motivating players. I just want to share with you what I've done that has helped me, and I'll start with just talking about and some of these things you may have heard already. Uh, some of them you may not have, but just Keep an open mind and hopefully you can take some value back to your team. So the first thing I want to talk about is storytelling. Storytelling can it can be a vital tool to motivate your players, especially before practice, before a season, even before a game. Um, I use it all the time. I always have stories in my back pocket that that are there to inspire and to motivate. So, you know, I always and I try to bring those stories based on sports. You know, there was baseball stories that I've told, you know, the Michael Jordan stories, the Kobe Bryant stories as well. And, and it's just storytelling is great. I used to, um, I still do this actually, uh, once a week at the beginning of every practice. So once a week, I try to open the practice with a story and the story is there to give perspective on our game, to give perspective to, to each other and to motivate. Cause that's essentially what you're doing. You're telling a story for a reason. Yes. Maybe it's to teach a lesson, but it's also to motivate in a way. And after I finished telling my story at the beginning of that practice, we go on and we practice. And for that moment, I've given them a little bit of motivation, a little bit of inspiration that they can go and take it to their practice now. So storytelling is by far a fantastic way to, to motivate. The second thing that I want to mention and this one's a kind of a bit of a weird one, is you have to find your voice. Every coach is different. Every coach speaks differently. Every coach has a different way of motivating and communicating with their athletes, but you have to find what works for you. You may model your voice after other coaches. For example, um, there's a lot of coaches that do a great job of, of inspiring and using their words. And I've even modeled some some of my communication styles after certain coaches and that's true style of speaking is a factor and you could absolutely model after certain people but you have to find your voice you can take ideas from other coaches and different style of communication but you have to create your own voice and make sure that that voice is something that you are proud of and that you're going to deliver something of value you're going to deliver something to your players to motivate them okay so the second thing is is find your voice I, I took some time back in my day to find my voice, you know, and, and it took work. You know, sometimes I'd speak too fast, which I still am guilty of up to today. Sometimes I would ramble, you know, I would do things, but I had to find a way. I had to find my voice that would, that would kind of solidify who I am as a coach and resonate with the players by identifying this is, this is who I am and this is what I'm all about. And they, they, got, to, they got to know me in that lens. So finding your voice is really important. And one other thing I want to kind of preface around practice is there is going to be moments in your practice where not everyone's in it. Not a, it's, t- it's tough to be motivated for a two-hour practice. It really is. But it's also an expectation 
that they be competitive and dialed in for a two-hour practice as well. So notice that I'm acknowledging that it's difficult to be dialed in for a two-hour practice. It absolutely is. And it's also an expectation that they are. So how can we encourage and keep that consistent? Because that's the key. The key is to be consistent and not shy away when the competitiveness drops or frankly, ignore it. We don't want to ignore when our level of competitive drops. And this comes with you. You have to be on them. You have to be there and be present. So I'm going to give you an example. So just at last practice, at our last practice, we were working on a drill. It was a drill that was somewhat repetitive, but there was a goal at the end of that drill. And the drill was, without getting into the drill, um, the goal was to make 10 perfect balls in a row, okay? 10 perfect balls in a row. That, that was the goal of the drill. And we went and, you know, they'd make three perfect balls and then they would, it would one would not be perfect and we reset back to zero. And we did this for about five, 10 minutes. And I, could, I noticed that at some points in the drill, there was frustration. Some players lacked motivation, if you want to call it that. Some players were just going through the motions. And that's a problem. Now, the difference between, I think, a coach that recognizes that and acts on that versus a coach that just lets that go on for a long time and maybe changes the drill, this is where there's, this is where it's really important that we address it. So I recognized that. I blew my whistle. I brought them in. And when I brought them in, I asked them a question. On a scale of 1 to 10, how would you rate your performance right now? Many of them said 2. Many of them said 3. I'm like, okay, so we have identified that we're not performing. On a scale of 1 to 10, how would you rate yourselves being dialed in? How would you rate yourselves giving 110% right now? And, and I said, be honest. How many, and then if you, if sometimes you may get it quiet. Sometimes if it's quiet, that's okay. If it's quiet, you, you, you do this. Put your hand up. Show of hands. How many of you think that was 10 out of 10? And you'll probably find that not many people put their hand up. Or you may get a few. But the point is, is that not everyone put their hand up. And I'll say, there you go. And I'll reiterate, in our gym, we don't settle for 9 out of 10, 0, 8 out of 10. We, we try to aim for 10 out of 10. And 10 out of 10 here isn't your performance. 10 out of 10 is your competitiveness, is your ability to be dialed in, your effort. That is something that is completely in your control. Effort is a non-negotiable. And effort is something that is in your control and whether you have, whether you're six foot eight, five foot two, whether you can jump 10 feet or not, that is something that you can control and you can act on. So I let him know. And I asked him, in our gym, do we tolerate anything under a 10 out of 10 in terms of effort? No, of course not. And I'll remind them and I'll say, we are here for a purpose. And I'll also remind them and say, do championship teams go five out of 10 in practice? Is that what it's going to take to win a championship? How many of you here want to win a championship? Well, that's not, and they put their hands up, and then, well, based on your actions, I would disagree. It doesn't seem like you want to win a championship. And then right off the bat, I'm like, okay, let's go back out there and play like a championship team. Like you want to be here, like you want to get better. And I bring them in, and I say our, our team chant, one heart, one, I say one heart, they say one team, and then they go. And that is an act of motivation. So here's what, here's my formula, really simple. I recognized that there was an issue. I recognized that they weren't being motivated. They were going through the motions. There was no effort, no competitiveness. Blow my whistle, I call them in. 
I pose either one question, two questions, where it's rhetorical. You know what the answer is going to be. On a scale of 1 to 10, how would you rate your performance? On a scale of 1 to 10, is everyone giving 100% effort? And without a doubt, you're going to get people that not put their hands up or recognize the fact that they're not doing that. And now they've all identified that we are not living up to our expectations. We are not being a championship team. So now you put it back on them and you remind them, if we want to be a championship team, is this going to be acceptable? No, no, no. So you're not telling them what they need to do. You're letting them come to that conclusion by giving, by asking rhetorical questions that are intentional. And then you finish off by saying, in order to be a champion, whatever, however spin you want to put at it, we need to be better. And then you, you give them that little end of that little talk at the end, and you can word it however you want to word it. And then you say, let's go out there and show show me at your championship team. Show each other that you have what it takes to be great. And then come in, you know, one heart, one team, go, or whatever your team is, and they go back. And after that, they're dialed in. They're focused. They're ready to go. And they got their goal of 10 out of 10. And sometimes it may not happen right away. You may have to bring them back in. Guess what? Bring them back in again. But all right, how are we feeling right now? Have those little, and it's not a 10-minute conversation. It's a three to four minute, two to three minute. It's actually acting as a break for them, and it's reinforcing that motivation. So that is something that I think is, I, I do I do quite a bit, and I really feel that that's, that's an area that I, I kind of, I don't want to say thrive, but I've gotten really good at. And I've gotten really good at keeping that the practice intensity consistent throughout the la- throughout the two hours because I'm able to bring them in, motivate, push them back out by being intentional, asking simple questions, making them realize that they need to be better, and going. Okay, so there's a little. I spent a little time talking about that, but I hope you can do that in your gym, and you do it to your style. You find your voice, and you do whatever works for you. Okay, so that's one. Or sorry, that's that's the third thing I wanted to mention. The fourth thing is kind of. It's kind of, I guess these are more simple, obvious things. One-on-one. One-on-ones are really important. I know you've heard me talk about it a million times, but when you notice that a player specifically isn't motivating, because right now, what I've talked about so far is team motivation. Now, if you have a specific player who's not motivated, it is vital that you reach them early, you have the one-on-one with them, and you go from there. One-on-one, go from there and see where that takes you because that way they get to be, they get to open up to you, be personal with you, find out what's going on with them and figure out a way where you can motivate them. And they and, and that could be just as simple as having a conversation, a simple conversation. And I, I don't need to tell you coaches what, what to talk about. Is you have a conversation, you see what's bothering that particular player and you kind of go from there. And, and in the conversation itself, you will be motivating them. Okay, so that's one. Another thing. Goal setting is a very simple thing that can kind of hold your players accountable. I mean, goal setting is obvious, but it will hold your players accountable so that because they have a goal, that goal will self-motivate them because you can always bring that goal back up. And this comes with monitoring and tracking their progress, which you've heard me talk about a million times. You can't grow what you can't measure. So in a way, when we're monitoring and we're tracking progress, if a player is trying to pass above a two and we're tracking, we're monitoring, we're, we're saying, hey, 1.3, they went, now they went to 1.5, 1.7, back down to 1.6, that alone acts as motivation because they want to get that goal. Remember, we're not, we're not teaching kids in a classroom. We are teaching athletes. We are coaching athletes. Athletes, by definition, are competitive. 
Well, at least they should be. If they're not, then they really shouldn't be on your team. But the reason that they're on your team is because they want to be competitive. They want to win. They want to win games. They want to get that feeling of winning something. So by them improving, will help towards that overall goal. And by you monitoring their progress and setting goals that we can track, that in itself is going to be self-motivating. It's going to take them to that other level. Okay? So monitoring and tracking for self-motivation. Clips. Another thing you can do, and I've, I've mentioned this before, but this also ties in with motivation. Showing you care is a big factor. Reaching out, sending WhatsApp messages or text messages to your players, following up by how they're doing, how's it going, how's their family, you know, that matters. Honestly, reaching out to your players on an individual basis, it, it takes some time, but I can't stress enough how, how important that is and how much they'll value that. Just that one-on-one touch is is motivating by itself. You know, something that I realized is that when players play for other people, those are the ones that don't need motivating or they're already motivated. You know, now I ha- I've had players that are playing for their teammates. I've had players that are playing for me and I've had players that are playing for their families. But when they play for other things that are that's outside of their own self-gratitude, which by the, by the way, they do play for their own self-gratitude and, and themselves really. Those are the ones that are motivating themselves. That's a great thing. So when you care, when you deliver, show them, send them messages, send them things and following up and find out how they're doing and little things like that. I know I sound like a broken record and I apologize, but wholeheartedly, those are the things that matter that help motivate them without you doing anything by just showing you care. I've talked about this on the past, but sending them clips. So when you watch film and you notice something, taking that clip and sending it to them. I'll just take, I'll literally take my phone, film my laptop screen, send them that video. And I say, Hey, here's what I noticed. What do you think about it? Or yeah, let's try to work on that. That that's part of showing you care. That's part of helping motivate. Okay. So little things like that help motivate. Okay. Gamification. You know, I've talked about gamification in the past. Gamification helps motivate because we're, again, we're competitive athletes. We're trying to win. Gamification is a way where you gamify certain things. They're going to want to win. It's going to, it's going to motivate them to be better, to train harder, to, to, to win. Winning is a motivating factor by itself. But, you know, just, you know, things like that. Prizes. Yeah, prizes. A little external motivation, if you want to call it that. We have the internal motivation. We have external motivation. Prizes are great. Medals, candy, food. Well, maybe not candy because we're trying to be athletes, but uh, maybe you can cut a break here or there. You know, food, uh, gifts, I don't know, dollar store items, whatever you want, whatever you think about. Prizes. Any any prize you can come up with, that's another motivating factor. It's more tangible, but it, it does help motivate. Okay? Little things like that. You know, these are all, and I, and I, I, know, I know I've probably mentioned a couple of these on the podcast before, but... Um, I, I did want to share what I do at my practice because I don't think I've mentioned that on this pod before. So that, which is the biggest takeaway is, is you know, the really storytelling, finding your voice. And here I gave you a couple examples of what I do at practice to help motivate the team and things like that. All right. This was a little quick one for you guys this week. Not Nothing too crazy, nothing too long, but just some things, some strategies you can do to motivate your players. And there's a lot, there's lots more, but I, I encourage you to find your own, find I mean, don't get me wrong, feel free to take anything that I've mentioned today, but also come up with your own ways of motivating. Sit down and think about it. 
if you have your one-on-ones with your players and you get to know your team on an, on an individual level, you will know what will motivate them. You know, whether it's a movie, like they really want to go see a movie or a show or whether they're playing for something else, they have another purpose besides just winning volleyball games or playing for their family. I don't know, whatever it is, get to know your players and get to know what motivates them on an individual level. I guess that's a great way of finishing it off on an individual level. What motivates each of your players individually? And if there's similarities among players, you can add that as a team motivation thing. And if there's individual players, here, I'll tell you one. Here's another thing. So my assistant coaches would have little goals for the team. A, if you get three aces this match, my one of my assistant coaches, Roberts, would buy a dinner for the player. You know, an oxtail dinner or a jerk chicken dinner or something like that, whatever they want. Dinner is on him for anyone that gets three aces in the match. Simple thing like that. It gives him a little motivation. You can do that at practice too. I used to tell my players, it was, I, this is not motivation, but if we were really, really in a serving rut, I'm like, the next person that commits an unforced error is buying me dinner. <laughs> something like that. That's something silly. But, you know, little things just to make them be more intentional about what they're doing. So be have fun with it. Be creative with it. Um, what, other, what other ones did my assistant coaches do? Yeah, my assistant coach would be like, yeah, well, he, he would work Tyler Middles. Three blocks, you get it, dinner's on me, or you get a sub, or something like that. You know, little things like that to help motivate them. And it was a lot of fun, too. You got you to have fun with it. Be creative. Creative ways of motivating your players. Things like that. All right. Oh, I, how about another one here for you? I, they keep coming to me. I made some notes, but as I, again, as I talk, they just keep coming to me. Uh, player of the game. That's another thing. Now, I wouldn't say this is a big motivating factor because everyone's trying to compete, but player of the game is nice. At the end of um, of a match, we have a ball, and we would uh, the coaches would talk about player of the game. And you may have seen it. Um, actually, I don't know if you've seen it on my Instagram, but it's on my team Instagram page. And we give them the ball at the end, a player of the match, and they sign it, date it, and they're the player of the game. And we get that. At the, at the end of the season, uh, someone will take the ball home. Probably the, the person with the most player of the games will take the ball home. And that's theirs. So player of the game, um, we do a ball. You could do like, uh, you could do individual like medals if that's what you want. Like they give a medal to the end, of, a player of the game at the end. Um, you could do, uh, what else What else is common? Um, they can keep something and they keep it with them. And at every every game, uh, the new player of the game gets to keep that with them throughout the, you know, throughout the time. So things like that. But player of the game is cool. So it is a motivating factor in the sense that, you know, some players are like, I, I really want player of the game next and just get that extra motivation to to thrive and achieve that goal of player of the game. All right. So little things like that. Again, sorry, I was supposed to, I finished off, but then I realized oh, they just kept coming to me. So yeah. So let me just recap because I, I, a lot came to me here. So we talked about storytelling. We talked about finding your voice. Uh, we talked about I gave you I gave you a situation of how I run my practices in terms of motivation at practice, uh, one on ones, getting to know your players on a personal level to find out what motivates them, goal setting, tracking and monitoring their progress so that you can they continue to motivate them to get better and hit that goal, caring, sending clips, sending messages, just following up on how they're doing, finding just being a nice person in general. Gamification is a huge one, gamification. And then we talked about player of the game, player of the game, player of the match. That was another big one that helped motivate them. And then I'll throw this last one in there, okay? The absolute last one are lines, suicides. So again, I only use it intentionally, not to run for five, 10, 10 minutes. Sometimes if I know if I know that we need to refocus, I'll blow my whistle on the line, run back and forth once or twice, stop, come in, 
We need to refocus. Everybody good now? Let's go back. That's it. A simple, again, the punishment is yes, they're running, but they're running like to refocus. That's the goal. The goal is so that you run and refocus. That way, after you refocus, you can get back and play your game. All right. So there's a bunch of them for you. Hope it helped. Like I said earlier, if you're listening to this before September 1st, DVA is open, is officially open, Digital Volleyball Academy. Head on over to digitalvolleyballacademy.com and get registered. Can't wait to see you inside my mentorship program where you get the support, the resources, the one-on-one, the live training, the, the community. It is it is the academy for coaches. Uh, I wish that there was an academy like this around uh, for me when I was a young coach, but it's not It's not a place where you go, you go and you just look at videos. That's not how you grow as a coach. I'll tell you from experience, going and just accessing a bunch of videos by a bunch of different people, like that's like a, that's a, a paid YouTube, and that's not where you grow as a coach. Yes, it's a great resource, but it's not where you grow as a coach. You grow as a coach by so much more than that, by community, by live trainings and Q&A and and one-on-one support and being able to ask questions and get answers and so much more. So anyways, hope to see you inside there. All right, and that's it for me. I will see you next week on another episode of the Volleyball by Design podcast. Take care. All right, cue the music. Look, are you at the stage you want to be in your volleyball journey? How would it feel to get clarity on your training and instead of taking months to get better, you could improve in weeks, if not days? When I was a young coach and player, I felt this way all the time. The truth is, after I got some great advice on how to be efficient, my learning curve grew exponentially. Let me show you how to be more efficient and effective in this game. I invite you to check out CoachBTraining.com for more resources that you can use to take your game to the next level. I look forward to helping you reach your volleyball goals.